Welcome everybody to the AP Podcast. Today I have one of the top prep coaches in the Inland Northwest, uh, Matt Maywald, with us today. Hey Austin, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. How about you uh, tell us a little bit about like your credentials, your past, um, and give our viewers a little bit of uh, insight. Okay, so um, I really kind of fell in love with lifting weights about 20 years ago um, for sports and football and wrestling and uh, football in high school and junior college, just college football. Um, and that was kind of my, my, my driving force for uh, putting on muscle and becoming more athletic was to be better at sports when I was younger. Um, and that led into just more of a diverse training, uh, some strongman training, some, some of the big lifting stuff, and then uh, which eventually led into some bodybuilding and uh, hypertrophy training. And so um, I had a pretty well diverse base of uh, training information, knowledge, and, and practical application. Um, and then when uh, I got to my later 20s, I uh, started getting into bodybuilding and helping learn more about the nutrition that uh, is necessary for uh, developing the physique properly, getting people on stage. Uh, condition for the shows. Nice, yeah, I was going to actually bring that up. Um, uh, you have, like I said, you're one of the top prep coaches in the, in the Northwest. Uh, what what kind of athletes have you, you know, produced? What shows have you been at? Um, you just tell us a little bit more about your athletes, I guess. Well, generally the main shows that my athletes do are the ones in the Spokane area, because we're based out of Spokane. Um, we've had some pretty good success in the last couple years. Um, I actually, what didn't go out to be a prep coach, it kind of just came about um, helping some people and having some success, which brought about more clients and more clients until it became my full-time job. And uh, we just have recently won the team award at the Night of Champions this year, uh, which was, and we finished second in the team award. The, Spring Show, the Empire Classic, this last year as well. Um, I've had the most amount of first place winners in the last three shows in Spokane, each of those shows. Um, and we've, we've been very, very competitive in uh, men's physique, classic physique, and uh, women's figure, and also some bikini, and, and, and bodybuilding's done pretty well as well. Nice. Yeah, so um, I guess uh, today, I think that most people are misinformed and thinking there's these crazy diets and these crazy things they need to do to maybe get in shape or maybe to uh, reach your goals fitness wise and um, today I want to talk to you a little bit about the basics of you know exercising fitness in general maybe the nutrition supplementation so I guess what do you have to say about when people first start um, about what they should what they should do I mean honestly what do you think that the path they should take um, would be most beneficial because and, and stay clear of all these crazy you know schemes that are going on raps or whatever um, and just really focus on the stuff that has been proven to you know produce what I've seen and from the experience that I've had with a lot of young guys is they they don't focus on the basic weight training movements they don't focus on the squats, the deadlifts, the bench press, the standing military presses. 
the big barbell movements um, that help to put on that size because more of the central nervous system is loaded and uh, brings on more strength as well. Uh, you see a lot of guys wasting their time with you know, barbell curl, butt curls and tricep extensions when they don't have any appreciable muscle at all. Um, you need to work the big muscle groups, you know, you need to work them hard. You don't need to get complicated, you just need to get stronger. You need to keep loading that bar with more weight and keep hitting those reps. Uh, you know, the body only moves in so many different ways and there's efficient ways to load it. And the biggest, strongest guys in the world, you know, generally, they're probably working with barbells, you know. Yeah. Deadlift, guys deadlift 1,000 pounds, they work with barbells. Yeah. They're big and strong. So when you have a you know 140, 150 pound you know teenage kid who's doing bicep curls and eating like a bird and you know following his macros which are just way too little for his metabolism type, he's an ectomorph, yeah. you know, yeah. skinny, yeah. Yeah. and he wonders why he's not gaining weight. Well, he's pretty simple. You eat as much as you can. Yeah. You know, you step force it in, um, and you lift the heavy barbell movements. You know, I gained 70 pounds in high school from doing that. And we're not talking like a little bit of food. The kids come in, and the young guys, and they tell me they eat a lot. And I ask them what they eat, and it's not a lot, you know. We're talking, eat until you're full, you know. Stuffed, completely stuffed four times a day, you know. Um, and that's really not even, especially if you're a thin-set person actually trying to gain weight, don't count your macros, just get the food in, you know. People try to, like, pay attention to, like, these little details, and they, they, miss, they miss the big picture, you know. Um, and again, like, it's exercise selection, you know, the, there's the guys trying to, there's all these new age movements and things like that. The basic bread and butter movements are what work, you know, they've been proven for years. So, well, so you're pretty much, um, I'm going to interject, so you're saying that all this, like, newer, like, you're not saying if you're first starting out, like, in, for example, like you said, an ectomorph, you're a high school kid or a college kid even, or whatever, um, no, don't even count your macros because you're probably going to be in an anabolic state just eating a, a, a shit ton of food in the first place. But um, just to eat until you're full and to not really worry about the macros, but just eat and train your ass off pretty much is what you're saying. Heavyweight, the basic movements, and uh, not overthink things is what you're saying. Right. And if that doesn't work, I mean, most likely that is going to work. Yeah. Like, you know... People just aren't, they just aren't doing, yeah, they aren't, they aren't getting in enough food. So you think that that's like a, I guess the shift and maybe, I don't know if it's always been like this with the younger generation, maybe when you were my age, being in your young 20s, it was the same kind of deal with the people around you thinking that there's this new fad or something like that, but you think it's a, like a, like a psychological state of, of, you know, accepting that it is just the bread and butter, uh, that, that gets results. I mean, yeah, it's boring. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a natural, wholesome food that people just know that it's healthy for you, but they just it's boring. Well, yeah, bench press, doing bench press, deadlifts, and squatting, and military press, day in and day out. That's boring. People don't want to do the same thing. They want variance. But that's those are the most efficient ways to really load the body with heavy weights, you know, and, and build that size, you know, and the simplicity of it. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, I guess kind of transitioning, like what do you see the most, like you have 
uh, a good client base and what do you see most with your clients like is the most troubling part um, so you give them you know their macros full nutrition and their training supplementation all that stuff but what do you see you can give them all the tools I guess you could, you could say but it doesn't mean that they're gonna follow it what do you see like the most um, like the the downfall I guess with certain people when they first start on playing with you um, just not being open on communication and not telling me you know when they're messing up you know I know when you are I see it in your physique it, you know it's not our first rodeo as coaches you know yeah, and yeah. once we have had you as an athlete for a while we know how your body responds yeah um, so it's basically just being transparent you know and when you aren't transparent as an athlete, uh, you know, a coach can't do his job correctly. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that, that's exactly what I see is, like, when I'm coaching and so, like, the biggest thing, I'm, I have six-week challenge going to happen on the second, um, it's going to be a New Year's resolution challenge. It's, like, the biggest thing is going to be holding people accountable, you know, and a big, a big base of people that want to be a new you in 2017, but... Um, to really stick to it is going to be pretty much like the hardest thing I think um, and I think that you can validate that as a coach is, is people sticking to the plan and then like telling you that what they actually did and actually being they're actually telling you through communication you know they're not checking in they're not you know texting you back or they're not sending what you they need to send pretty much so I guess now we have some like you know telling about the basics of nutrition and training like the Bread and butter movements, squat, deadlift, bench, uh, military press, uh, and then just eat. And it, maybe if you're an endomorph, what do you have to say for that? Maybe like a higher protein intake, a little lower carbs, or yeah. I mean, if you're an actually heavy set, like you, lower carbohydrate intake is generally what's going to take to improve your body composition. You know, uh, basically, we were talking about ectomorphs, you know, thin-set guys naturally who are trying to, you know, add weight, and that's the thing. The guy gets up to, comes up to you in the grocery store and says, hey, what do you do, man? And I'm like, kid, <laughs> I've been lifting weights for 20 years, you know. Um, I put in all my, I put in a lot of work in the squat rack, you know, and I tell them, like, squat, bench, dead. Eat a lot of food, like a tremendous amount. And you know, when you go from squatting 135 pounds for 10 reps, when you can squat 315 for 10 reps, your legs are going to be a lot bigger. Yeah. Okay? When you can do it correctly. Yeah. And that's another thing. Let's go on. Let's talk about form. Okay. Form, I see in most gyms, is, is horrible. The, the, the leg press, ego leg press stuff I see, I just want to, like... <laughs> I want to laugh at people when I see their four-inch leg press. Yeah, I do that shit all the time, too. And I'm like, what's the point of that, you know? I, I don't see yeah. a possible injury. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Loading the leg press with 2,800 pounds and people on it, moving it a couple inches. I mean, I, I just, I see no point in it for a few reps as well. Yeah, can you kind of go into, like, explaining why that's not beneficial? Maybe, like, a, a greater range of motion is a lot more beneficial to development of your legs? Because uh, it hits the muscle, the file, the muscle fibers <laughs> in the legs. There's only a small portion of the muscle fibers that are really going to be hitting that short range of motion, you know, and then they're all stabilizing, but they're not being, that muscle's not being stretched and contracted fully, you know. Yeah. So you're, you're going to miss a lot of the, the muscle yeah. in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I see 
you know, there is a there is a use for partial reps and things of that nature. But in that situation, I just don't I don't see it, you know, where it's that beneficial. Yeah. You know. I, and, I completely agree. Yeah. And also, in general, the squatting, um, you see a lot of guys that they don't squat properly. A lot of it's just due to they're not flexible enough. Uh, they're, they're too tight. Yeah. You know, they need to work on the flexibility. And they need to f- work on goblet squats. They need to work on box squats until they can squat properly. And that's like, well, a lot of guys don't want to squat. It's because they can't squat properly and it hurts, you know. So, do so you they, kind of they steer away from it because they go to the stuff that they get a nice little beer pump and yeah, yeah, yeah. they look cool and they got some, their chest pumped up, their biceps are pumped up, and they're walking around with their little stick legs. <laughs> you know? So then to like... Uh, I guess you're, you're uh, about the flexibility and maybe like your hips and your, your ankles and stuff like that. What? So you say goblet squats, box squats. Um, do you think that people should go all the way ass to grass or are you more of like parallel? Um, I think it depends on the person and what your goals are and what you're trying to hit and if you can do it comfortably. You know, there, I, I'm not necessarily a, uh, an absolute black and white. Like, Certain body types are built for to yeah. move certain ways. Yeah. There are some guys that yeah, a squat. Some squats look like a good morning because their femurs are so long. Yes. So you, you know you might have to adjust things and you know, maybe put in like a Bulgarian split squat or, or some different exercises with quadriceps that um, activate the quadriceps better rather than putting a lot of strain on their lower back and on their build. You know, so I mean there is that issue too but if you are you know able to squat properly and deadlift properly and bench press you know properly and do those movements do those movements and i guess i think uh we've actually talked previously and uh you're saying do the movements that's gonna make you a better bodybuilder a better um better body composition wise don't do the movements that are just trying to move the weight unless you're trying to be a strength athlete i guess but in body composition wise uh, I've talked to you about maybe being limited in my range of motion after I got ACL surgery and um, doing more of maybe hack squat or like a different kind of squat like you're talking about um, to develop my legs if I can't do a, a barbell squat uh, or some sorts. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. Um, stick to the basics, but stick to what your body can do to get the most bang for your buck, you know, like full range of motion. Um, anything else you want to add like on on training like you see uh, benching or I guess um, you're talking about a lot about ego trying to stay away from ego lifting well yeah I mean that's how you get hurt you know that's that's how you you get hurt you, you look the same year in year out you, you don't control the weight um, yeah you can get really strong and it, there's, there's you know when I was younger and I was in football we moved weight you yeah. know, and as I've gotten older and like more into bodybuilding, we can track the muscle to make sure that that's the development of the muscle is the most important portion. It's hypertrophy. It's, you know, it's, it's a physique. It's an image you're creating, a physical image. So you know, contracting all the muscle fibers uh, develops that muscle fully. So like using less momentum so that each of those muscle fibers have to contract fully and also control the weight on the descent, yeah. where mostly growth is going to come from actually so you so i was going to say yeah so you um the most of growth and like the eccentric phase you're saying the descent of the movement is really going to like recruit more uh are you saying it's going to recruit more muscle fibers or is it just going to make create it more micro tears create more okay yeah you know um like one of the, actually the best 
bicep mass builders I've seen has been is a wide grip bench press with a negative lowering loading oh, the biceps. Really? Yeah, you, you know, you have to do it properly and you have to, you know check your shoulders and shit. Yeah, and you, you wanna make sure you can actually feel the muscle. That's another thing is like a lot of people they they um, you know their proprioception and and their body awareness is not very good, you know. Um, the people naturally, you know, the athletes tend to be better, and so they have more body awareness. They can actually feel that muscle, find that muscle, work that muscle. A lot of the people are, I see, are actually not working the right muscle group they're trying to work. You know. Yeah. Like. Give you, yeah, give an example. Tricep, tricep press downs. Tricep press downs. <laughs> It's like a pec minor front delt work, yeah. you know, these guys, people, their shoulders rounded forward, hunched yeah. over, yeah. you know, keep your shoulder blades pinched back, use, it's, you know, use, it's an el- elbow extender, yeah. you know, extend your elbows, like, keep your shoulder blades back, yeah. use the tricep muscle, um, I see a, yeah. a lot of course stuff, but the thing is too, is like, they don't, but they might, may not know, yeah, and it's like, you get a membership at the gym, you know, you might get a personal trainer, you might actually get a good one. But the likelihood of that nowadays, it's minimal, you know? Uh, not to be... No, yeah, no, I... Yeah. personal trainers, but there's some good ones, but a lot of them, they don't correct form. They just put you through the movements. They just go the through the motions. Part, yeah. yeah, they just talk to you. Yeah. They're your buddy in the gym. Yeah. And um, they're not paying attention to your scapula positioning, your hand position on the bar, your foot positioning, or your knees, you know, tracking. You know, they're not adjusting those things, and people's biomechanics are pretty bad, you know, and actually, you know, at least injury, because they aren't moving correctly, and then they're loading the system with weight. Yeah. You know, their foundation's shit. Yeah. And then they're trying to build this, put weight on this foundation that's not ready for it. Yeah. You know, especially when people are starting training, they're older, and maybe have injuries or imbalances already from just life in general. Um, so that's I see a lot of that, you know. And uh, well, um, I guess switching from maybe some training. What what do you? Obviously, I think I know what you're gonna say, but what do you say about supplementation? And people are just like crazy to go get these. And I know we're both affiliated with companies, but what, what like people? go and they'll rely or they'll go and ask you what are you taking right usually people will walk up to you and ask you oh what are you taking and what is the first thing you tell them food yeah <laughs> like yeah supplements are great but it's in the name supplement something your diet you know uh supplements yeah can carry calories for protein carb powders and stuff like that but you know Calories are the building blocks, you know, uh, you know, protein the building blocks, muscle, you know, carbohydrates fill up your muscle and glycogen tissue and give you energy and fats for your hair, skin, and nails or cells, you know, and also another energy source, um, hormones, things of that nature. But, you know, I think people put the cart before the horse with the supplement thing and they're missing their nutrition and diet. They're not getting enough protein. They're not getting enough carbohydrates or adequate fats, or they're getting too much of this or that or the other because they don't know because they're haphazardly just whatever. 
but that's your lumber, that's your building material that you're bringing in to build your house, your body, your dream house that's being torn down and rebuilt 24 7, 365, all the time. So, if you're not building, bringing in that quality lumber food, like, what does it matter if, if you have a supplement of creatine, something going from like a hammer to a nail gun, but you have no shingles that you nail down? Yeah. So, what's the point? Yes, creatine is a great product, you know, protein powders, we know the way isolates are great, you know, for a high absorber quality protein, branching amino acids are great, you know, some of these pre-workouts that they're coming out with, they're actually pretty cool nowadays because they actually have a sufficient amount of the ingredients to actually be beneficial yeah. for actually muscle Same building, not just the stimulation of like, you know, instant gratification of stimulating going into yeah. the gym. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, the, the Zoe counter SARMs and things of that nature, they're all great, but the thing is, they don't do what they're supposed to do unless they have the foundation of diet and training. You know, training's the catalyst. It's what's going to make that thing change. It's going to make things happen. Yeah. You know, and you create, you create, you make more of that catalyst. The stimulus has to get harder. The body has to want to adapt. And you have to give it enough adequate nutrition to give it the nutrients it needs to do that. And then supplements can help, you know, make that process faster or even push that process past what it could have been without so yeah, yeah, supplements are great, but you can't miss the food. Yeah, that's pretty much about today is the basics and uh, understanding the reality and, and it is what you're saying, it's the bread and butter. It's, the, I mean, just protein, carbohydrates, fats, and fuel your body and you're exactly right. I think about, you gotta make it harder on yourself every time you train though. Most people I feel like are maybe sticking in a really, I'm not saying a high rep range is a bad is a bad thing at certain points in, in your period periodization of training, but um, they're missing the point of really loading the muscle and making it forcing it to grow. I know that there's different things on you know different rep ranges and stuff like that. Then you can maybe touch on that if you want. Well, I mean, really, just comes out effort and hard work and like you know elbow grease, like old school way, like. It tends to be as we get more creature comforts in our world and, and instant gratification of these like internet, cell phones, you know, in your, your brain, in your hands, people all day staring at their brain, that people are, are disconnected from like how long it actually takes to build the body. The body is not an instant gratification thing. It takes time and effort. Things um, initial question. Uh, just talk about like the rep ranges, maybe. Maybe people are. Well, and I think I don't see a problem with, with higher rep ranges as long as you're you're busting your balls. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I like higher rep ranges on squats, but heavy. You know, it's all relative to how strong you are. You know, and so that's gonna that's gonna be a big variance for people. But you know, if you're in the squat under the bar, and you know you got 20 reps, you're doing 20 reps, you get to 10, and you're like, oh shit. I hope I can make it. Yeah. That's the kind of effort, you know, like, we're in the last five, you're, you're trained. Like, okay, I hope to God that I don't fall, this doesn't crush me. You know, that's the kind of effort that you need to, to build. I mean, people that I see, you know, genetics obviously come into play, but people that really put in that effort, you know, which are few and far between nowadays, they see the results, you know. 
I was going to say, people, I see a lot of people, like you were saying before, you got a good bicep pump or a, you know your chest pump by just doing a couple reps, you got some blood flow in there. But have you really gained anything during that? Have you really like pushed your limits? And, and, and I see a lot of people, I don't know if it's just a mentality with certain human beings psychologically, but it's like you're going to war every time you go to the gym or you're going, it's like a do or die kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it tends to come like I work with a lot of people that are athletes or ex-athletes, like you know, or wrestlers or football players or military, and they've all been like pushed, you know, to a point past their comfort zone, past what they thought they could do. And once you realize that you can do more than you think you can, and you can push past that on a, every time you go to the gym, that's where you're going to start. And your you know nutrition's on point. Yeah. And you're getting enough adequate rest, and you're you know hydrated, and all the little basics things are taken care of. You're gonna see results. Otherwise, something's wrong. You yeah. Know, you're missing. You're missing adequate nutrition, things of that nature. Nutrition or hormonally, something's off with you, or something like that you don't know about. Right. Yeah. And it can you know different age groups. You know, obviously, you know the older you get, the more obviously hormones can be an issue. You know. But I really yeah. You know, and yeah, you can. You can bust your butt on, you know, barbell curls, heavy barbell curls too, and be sucking wind. You know, it's just everybody's got a uh, a different internal drive. You know, and some people are able to tap into a deep internal drive uh, in sports or athletics or the gym. You know, and take it to another level that other people, most people that you come across in the day-to-day world. They don't, aren't willing to do. They yeah. don't want to. They don't. They're not that type of person. Yeah. They don't have that fire in them. You know. Yeah, I think that's what I kind of see too. Is there is different. There's there's uh, different types of human beings with different drive, like you're saying, and um, people who get the people who work the hardest. I guess it comes back to talent. What is the, what is the quote? Talent wins, but if, or hard work beats talent. Yeah, hard work beats so talent. Talent and hard work come together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the thing is, like, really what I noticed so far with competitors is that it's the ones that are already into pushing themselves for years. They've been athletes. They were athletes young. That they're the ones that are successful because it's, it's, it's in them. Yeah, it's it's intrinsic yeah. in them. It's just part of them. It's who they are. It's the people that are like, oh, I think I kind of want to. It's got bucket list. My, my friend did it. I think I want to do it because my friend did it. Those are the ones that never make it and are never successful. You know, and they drop off quickly and come up with excuses. And, you know, that's fine. It's not for everyone. And that's what I try to tell people initially, first to the get-go. It's like, this isn't for everybody. Yeah, I was going to actually transition to that is, um, like, competition prep. Let's let's talk about, like, reality and uh, the process maybe a little bit in you know, what it really takes to step on stage for men's physique, bodybuilding, woman's figure, anything like that. And it, it really all comes down to individuals. Some people don't have that hard of a time going through contest prep. They enjoy it. They like it. Um, those are the ones that generally do good because they enjoy the process. Uh, and then you have people that dread the process. It's a, it's tiresome. It's grueling. You know, they're posting pictures of this food they're going to eat, that food they're going to eat afterwards. And they're not really focused on their goal of like proving themselves to the maximum effort they're just thinking about what they're going to do after the show yeah 
And so it's really like your mindset, your focus, and what you really want out of this. Who are you doing this for? You know? Yeah, why are you doing it if it's miserable for you the whole time? Right. Ultimately, it's, I think it has to be for yourself. Because you have, you have something inside, like competitiveness inside yourself to quench. It's not for other people. It's not because you want to get oiled up and, and basically naked on stage, you know, in, in front of, you know, under these spotlights, flexing your muscles in much in front of people, which is kind of comical actually when you break it down. Yeah. But it's the hard work and dedication, perseverance, you know. The journey. The journey and the, the, those, um, those intangible things you can take from it and put it into other parts of your life, you know, hopefully that people will take because obviously most people aren't going to make any money at competing. You know, it's a hobby, it's a passion. And that, what, eventually, $10, $5 body, trophy? Eventually your body's, you know, not going to be able to do it. You know, your, your, your youth and your health and yeah. eventually be gone. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, and you'll, you won't, you'll be left with who you really are. Yeah, everything you built, like, cycle, like in, your, in your mindset of things of, of, like, don't get me wrong, it's not like an, uh, an easy process, but you can make it a lot easier than a lot of people do just by mentally liking the process. I know that's what got me um, is actually uh, sidetracked. Matt Maywald, actually a good mentor of mine, and he was actually my first prep coach. Um, and I competed, and this is how I kind of fell in love with bodybuilding and fell in love with fitness nutrition. And, and um, that's what started uh, pretty much why I started AP Performances because of how much I enjoyed, like, how what, what you showed me what can happen with the human physique and what you can do with other people so i really appreciate that sidetrack but no, yeah. I thank you for that but you're welcome brother but yeah i mean the successful people in, in whatever it is they they love what they do like aaron Rodgers. Yeah. that's my homeboy we went to high school went junior college together he loves football he enjoys football he's great at football because it's a passion and he loves it if he hated it he wouldn't be as successful, you know? So, like, if you hate prepping and, and doing this, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. I save save everybody in your yeah, life. Yeah, the torment, the save. trouble, your family, your friends, your significant other. Save them the bullshit if you really don't like this and you're going to be a negative Nancy, yeah. whiny bitch all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and your coach doesn't want to hear it either. No. You yeah. know? I'm, like, I'm not in this to hold your hand. Yeah. I'm in this to give you a blueprint and uh, to to get you to the best possible you. But I'm not a babysitter, and I'm not a handholder, and I'm not an ass wiper, yeah. you know? And I'm gonna be your buddy buddy. And right, I, and yeah. people that need that, they go to other coaches, you know? Because I, 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 I work with people that pull their weight, and hustle, and follow the plan, and they do good. Yeah. Like those are the ones that do good, yeah. you know? We've had the success to yeah. do that, yeah. you know? But yeah, I see a little bit too much now people seeing friends up on stage and they'd be like, oh, that's, that looks fun, you know, that looks fun to get up there. And yeah, the glitz like, and glamour of the lights yes. and everybody's screaming for you and they're, yeah. they're hollering your name and they're yeah. cheering yeah. for you when you place. Yeah, cool and all, but, you know. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I believe that, uh, like, the journey part and the step up on stage, I wish everybody could experience it. I honestly do, because it's, it literally pushes your limits, it makes you uh, appreciate what you're given. I mean, when you're born uh, and you're given these this opportunity to transform your body physically, but also mentally um, through this prep. But uh, I think that it's just a lot of oh, I see my friend up on stage and it's it looks fun, 
but uh, it's not for everybody, like you said. And right, and for the, any sport I've ever done, or you know, I consider bodybuilding more of a lifestyle necessarily than a sport because you're not physically competing against someone. You're it's you know, it's a it's a muscle pageant. But with any sport or something activity like this, this takes the most amount of preparation time for the least amount of. <laughs> Let's say stage playing time. Yeah. How, how long do you think people usually stand on stage? <laughs> depends. If you're a bodybuilder, longer. If you're mixed physique, it can be quick. You know, it depends on the size of your class. Yeah. You know, if it's competitive class. But nothing more than like five minutes. I mean, even. No. I mean, well, I've been up on stage on 18 yeah. minutes in a light heavyweight bodybuilding class before where they were yeah. working us. Oh, I remember pretty, that. Yeah. Pretty hard. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're up there for you know five minutes. You you get your little night show stage time of like 10 seconds up by yourself in the center of the stage if you're a men's physique or bikini client you know if you're a bodybuilder women's physique you know you get a posing routine um, but yeah it, it's, it's gone in the, in the blink of an eye yeah. you know it, it's the journey it's the preparation that's where the real meat you know yeah, it's pretty much I try to tell my, my clients is it's, it's a journey to compete with yourself it's because you know genetics are going to play a role and you know, on stage and other factors, you know, but yeah, um, uh, definitely, and yeah, especially in you know, in, it's a beauty pageant, men's physique and and, men, and uh, women's bikini. Like, you have to be attractive to place well. Um, you generally, you know, women, a lot of women have breast augmentation. Yeah, they have, yeah, that, you know, that's it's this is a um, you know, you're judging on the physique. It's it's, it's pretty. Um, it's aesthetically pleasing to. The it's aesthetically yeah. pleasing. Yeah, it's very. It's pretty shallow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's keep it real. It's, it's funny how. Yeah, it is. You know? If you think about it. So like you know a lot of my success is like we've had a lot of success with men's physique and I you know the guys they're good looking young men like yeah. I've had so that's part you know their physique is built their condition you know their stage presentation is on point and they're they're better looking guys that's you know takes all that yeah. to do to win to do very well yeah you know same thing in bikini you know so you have to you have to keep those things in mind and be realistic with yourself yeah be realistic with yourself and compete with yourself and instead of yeah a lot of these new time competitors have a lot of delusions of grandeur yeah um, they want to beat these people that have been competing for 10 years you know it's almost disrespectful in my eye for them to think that they deserve that yeah you know that this person's been putting in years and years of blood sweat and tears effort and they think that you know they just almost discredit it by thinking that they can do that in a three or four month period of time yeah, yeah. you know yeah and it's kind of it's sometimes it's hard to see um people that genetically do beat those people who've been training for a long time because it's like it's i don't know i i, I don't have top line genetics and so um yeah, you win the genetic lottery. Yeah, and it's you hard. Get away with a lot more. Yeah, and I've had clients that are. And nothing against them; it's not their fault, obviously. But at the same time, it's like some, you're like this guy's been training for ten years, and this guy's been training for a year, and all of a sudden he just he can blow up and he can look really great. His muscle bellies are full, and insertions and everything look great, and it's like, damn, you know. But it's just how it goes, I guess. But yeah, I mean genetics. Like the best bodybuilders in the world are the best bodybuilders to genetics. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there's other performance-enhancing drugs and things that go into play. Let's be real. But the thing is, even if those weren't around, Phil Heath would still be Mr. Olympia. Yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. So, like those things, you know, people like to put all the, the weight on today. Genetics is is huge, you know, and, and you know, I don't. 
we don't make the rules, but we just, you know, as coaches, we tell. Us coaches just take anybody that wants to the drive. That's what I say is anybody wants to actually do this shit and to put in the, the work. Um, I would like to be on a level where I can uh, manipulate and, and prep anybody who, who comes to me, no matter what their genetics are. It's because of the knowledge base, I guess. But um, not saying I don't want genetic, genetic elites because, you know, that would be awesome. But um, I think that for us as coaches, our goal striving to is to like be able to prep anybody regardless of the genetics. Just because you will completely understand like what's going on instead of just, you know, you have a really strong ecto or, or, or mesomorph that can build muscle and lose fat really fast and just load them with carbs and, and then just kind of cut them back and then they're lean, you know? like. Yeah, I mean, a lot of coaches have just, you know, had a lot of clients and they've had some genetic elite guys and they really promote them and they people think that, no, that's okay. They yeah, everybody that they work with looks like that, and that's not the case. You know, they just have had the guys that are just phenomenal genetically. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to be a coach that can work with anybody of, of any genetic level, as long as they're willing to put in the work. Yeah. You know, um, I don't turn away clients. You know, based off their genetics you know, or, or what I think they can place. Yeah. Um, as long as I know you're going to put in the work and the effort. I'm, I'm, not a, an elitist in that form where I'm like, I'm not going to take you on if I don't think, because I, I don't think you are going to be a first place winner. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't actually want the client that tells me, well, I have to win no matter what. Well, because guess what? You're not in control of that. This is a subjective sport. You don't, you're setting yourself up for a lot of heartbreak possibly yeah and you know it's just it's a it's a it's kind of a danger zone you yeah. know I, I see that too a lot of people get their hopes up or they'll they'll, uh, they'll they'll be prepping and like you said it take it's the most it's a sport that takes like the most amount of time to get the least amount of time on stage and, and, and taking building muscle takes time it takes muscle it, cool it, takes yeah, time people are like hey I'm gonna get I'm gonna gain 20 pounds this year. You're gonna gain 18 pounds of fat. Yep. Okay. So, you know, you got these guys always come to you like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come to your prep you once I gain 15 more pounds. Like what? Fat? Because you ain't gonna gain 15 pounds of muscle in a month or two, unless you got some <laughs> some I don't know about. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You know. And so like, there's just a lot of delusions and fallacies in the fitness world and what people really think and what's real. You know, um, you just see it. I hear about it and see it all the time, and I wonder where the hell they came up with this shit. Yeah. Like, where did this even come from? Yeah. Well, I was. That's what kind of good um, to lead into. Like, what is your opinion on um, bulking and cutting, and or, or or lean bulking, or what? What do you? Well, suggest? muscle is muscle, and fat is fat. You know, and. That doesn't convert into muscle. Yeah, it's a muscle. You know, obviously you don't want to be show state rage, stage lean all year round because you can't build muscle, and you need a calorie abundance, you know, to, to you know to build. Yeah. You know, it can be in a deficit. You know. Uh, well. Yeah, you I understand. You can yeah. build muscle in a, in a slight calorie deficit if the protein's high enough, and and you have a genetically hit your you know threshold of muscle. Yeah. You know, or, or if there's other, that, that's what there's to other you know, yeah. hormones involved and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's not going to last forever, you know. 
but like with my athletes, I like to try to keep you know them relatively lean in the off season, where you know I would say you can visibly see their abdominals. You know. Yeah. Because and then that way I know what's muscle and what's fat. I think that'd be a good strategy just because to maybe be in a slight or be in that core surplus or to to put on some some fat for maybe like hormone production or for like maybe being able to lift heavier. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean there's there's some fat and then there's excessive. Yeah. You know, and it's at the point where it's like it's not beneficial. You know, your fat produces aromatase enzymes, so I don't know, you know, if you get too fat, depending on your body type and people that are more endomorphic tend to seem to seem to have more estrogen aromatase enzyme produced which is what converts your testosterone into estrogen you know so and then also with a higher body fat percentage it seems that your nutrient partition is not as good so the muscle is not as prone to taking up the nutrients as well and insulin sensitivity will also decrease it seems to be so like keeping your body in a in a healthy fat level obviously would be beneficial you know, obviously that differs from people and everybody else just get caught up on the, I'm this percentage of body fat or I'm that percentage yeah. of body fat. You know, and, and most of those people are way off for what real, the real percentage of body fat is. You know, you know not most people, there aren't a lot of 7% body well, fat that, walking too, around. That, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. There's not. And what I've seen is, is obviously people hold fat differently. Like your body dictates how you're going to hold fat. And, um, Somebody who looks, uh, somebody who is 12, could look like they're 10. You know, depending on maybe if they hold more on their on their back and their their abs are more uh, lower belly fats, like not as much accumulated. But yeah, and also development of muscles and like yeah, you know, exactly. abdominal development of muscles. Some guys have uh, very you know prominent abdominals, and you can still see them when their body fats are higher. Right? You know. And you know, but they might have excessive love handles at that point, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. So yeah, you have to look at the whole physique and understand. Yeah, people do hold fat in different areas, you know, based off their yeah, their, off I, their hormones, and yeah, of that nature. Yeah, but I understand like, the misconception. Like people will say, "Oh, I'm seven, and they're like not even close to seven, but they can maybe see their abs really good. Yeah, I mean, like John Meadows, you know, top, one of the top coaches, pro bodybuilder. Comes in absolutely shredded, you know. Yeah, like yeah. And people, in the pictures you see online, they don't do justice to what a person looks like in real life. It's, you know, these pro bodybuilders that are seriously four point two or five percent, they're absolutely shredded. Yeah. You know, it's like a true, like mind-bogglingly shredded. And if you haven't seen it in person, you have no idea. And um, these people are just delusional to what they think is, you know, seven percent body fat or ten percent body fat. Or even 15, you know, a lot of times, you know. So, and I don't really get, I don't get caught up on body fats as coach. I look at the pictures, you know, and that's really what I'm yeah, say, on. so with people, like, maybe, this is this applies for people starting out in their fitness journey or whatever they're doing, <clears throat> want to get in shape, but also competitors also, is um, people look at the scale too much I, I think and that's what you've kind of like maybe taught me a little bit and can you kind of go into what you look for or what you should be looking for if you're looking to make progress yeah so we're talking like physique yeah improvements in physique and composition and, and, and aesthetics you know say <laughs> that word's been abused used and abused a lot lately <laughs> um, 
the scale is cool. Like the scale I kind of use is like say like um, like a temperature gauge. Make sure we're not dropping too fast or, or going. You know, if we go up, sure, great, and we look great, better even. But you know, ultimately, it's the you know competing in bodybuilding physique. You know, all these it's a visual image you're portraying on stage. So it's the look that you have. You know, I've seen guys that have you know come back. Competed one year, come back the next year, five pounds lighter, look bigger, fuller, leaner, look better at a lighter body weight, you know, because they weren't stuck on the scale, they were stuck on the mirror, you know, and that's kind of like the old school bodybuilding way was, you know, go off the mirror, that from, from the mirror. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pictures, you know, taking pictures weekly so you can actually assess yourself. Consistent pictures in the same lighting. Same lighting, <laughs> same spot. The same posing. Yes. Apples to apples. So you can really, you know, and it, it might be slow going, you know, especially if you're doing it yourself and, and you don't have the proper plan. Your plan's not synergistic to your body. Yeah. You know, you just got a, something out of muscle fitness, you know, that was basically made for a mesomorphic guy and you're, you're an endomorph and it might not work that well for you. Yeah. You know, and that's where, um, you know, there's a lot of information online, which is great. But it's also bad yeah. because depending on your discernment and your knowledge base, you might read some stuff that's not the best for you. And that just takes with time and experience and knowledge, you know, you'd be able to discern more of that. You know, but like just the the information from like the top coaches is like pretty much where I try to search out. You know, the guys that are getting the real, real results. Yeah. Well, yeah, perfect. I, I totally agree that uh, people should um, definitely look at the weight, or I mean, look at the scale for uh, maybe like leading down the right road, but to ultimately look in the mirror to see if their body composition is changing, because that's obviously your ultimate goal, right? Is to look better. <laughs> right, and it, and you know we're talking here, and we don't know who's listening and, and their their level of expertise. You know, and we have people that are going to listen to this that are going to be from don't know anything about nutrition they're brand new and it's people that are experts pretty much you know and and the scale can you know is used in, in a lot of sense like a lot of people that are new to this they just want to lose weight and so they want to drop as many pounds as they can a week and if you're dropping three four or five pounds a week after the first initial you know drop of excess water and glycogen because it cleaned up your diet and took the shit out, you're most likely losing muscle, you know, and so, yeah, you know, I, you have, I've had, you know, I worked in church stores for years and, and had people come in and got, you know, guys and women generally that are new to the fitness community, they, they always brag about how much weight they lost, and what I see them happen is they, they lose appreciable amount of muscle too in that quest for losing weight. Do you do you believe, um, uh, I guess this would be good actually question for you, um, for like endomorphic people who have a higher, like a lot higher body fat percentage though, do you think that that, I mean, is it relative to your body weight though about how much weight you're losing? Say somebody like, like me or yourself, um, if we lost three pounds a week, that'd be terrible. Like, I mean, it would be kind of prone maybe to losing muscle mass consistently for like 12 weeks straight, you know? But somebody who's 25% body fat or 30% body fat, you think it's okay to lose 
three pounds a week for a maybe excessive little more amount of time, four, six, eight weeks, do you think that's okay? Or do you think that's still more prone to losing a good amount of muscle mass? I think it's case by case, and if you, you're monitoring it, you know, you could do it properly. It just depends on the person. I, I wouldn't say it's a black and white question, you know, and, and generally I, I don't try to get people to drop that much weight because I still feel like, you know, we're, we all have a, the metabolism is only going to burn up so much fat a week, yeah. you know, and in nature, muscle's a liability. It takes calories to, it needs calories, you know, otherwise, you know, you need to get rid of it because it's got to be fed and it, 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 you know, respirates. Yeah. Where your fat is, fat is energy, it's stored for later. And, you know, your body's mechanisms, like if it doesn't get fed enough, it's going to want to hold on to energy for later because it doesn't know when it's going to come in again. So, you know, I find that what I see is metabolism seems to be like a baseball bat. You want to hit it in the sweet spot, you know, and that way the metabolism is running at a proper rate. You're not crashing it by being too strict with the calories. You know, and also too, like with that person that's anamorphic, they might not drop weight depending on all the variables, like as far as maybe they weren't weight training before. Yeah. Maybe, you know, so they're going to basically be doing new muscle. Yeah, they can, endomorphic people usually gain a little so, bit so, faster. So, yeah, they be, could be recomping. Again, so that's why the pictures are so paramount, important. I mean, scale is one thing. Like, I, I'm pretty much this, <laughs> I've pretty much been the same weight, you know, for the last 14 years. You know, I've been 220 to 250 pounds for the last 14 years. But my physique has changed you know, from when I was 18 years old and 220 pounds to now I'm 34 years old and 225 pounds. It's, it's a different look. Yeah. You know, so you ultimately can't go off the scale if you're competing in, in bodybuilding or men's physique or figures, spot bikini. You know. um, kind of retract both the uh, calories and metabolism and stuff like that. Can you maybe explain a little bit of like a lot of people I see are in the gym and they do they start out with like you know they'll try to weight train but then they'll do like an hour or two hours of cardio just starting out and then they'll just take out all of their carbohydrates or or if they're trying to get in ketosis or whatever but they just like crash their calories way low and you can you can kind of explain like uh, no the way to build that? progression with that what no way to build progression yeah you know so you're gonna stagnate and then what are you gonna do three hours of cardio. After you've done two hours cardio for weeks on end and they're, they're, they're progress stalls, we get, you can't take out any more carbs if the carbs are completely removed. Yeah. So we can improve. We're gonna reduce calories. You know, everybody thinks they're gonna. This is get rich, general, get rich quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The general it seems to be the population of, you know thinks drop my calories to 1,200 calories a day, do two hours of cardio, cut all my carbohydrates, you know, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose a bunch of fat. Yeah. You're gonna crash your metabolism. You're gonna lose a bunch of muscle. Uh, you're gonna wonder why you're tired all the time and grumpy, and cranky. You know the body's a machine, and you, you gotta fuel it. Just it's you know it's like again it's the sweet spot. You gotta be in the sweet spot. I mean, when somebody comes to me, I uh, nobody's ever gonna start with that much cardio ever. Like that's you know where are you gonna go from there? Sometimes depending on their job, maybe not. Yeah. And the thing is too is like 
you have to be able to build progression into plants, otherwise you're going to stagnate and stall. The body adapts, you know. And so, like, you know, if you start off in prep, like I see these, I've seen, I've seen some coaches, uh, and their calories 16 weeks out are excessively low. You know, and then these people come in looking like emaciated concentration camp victims, you know, and they don't look healthy, and they don't peak right, and their emotional is all hell at the show. I've seen so many breakdown, female breakdowns crying at the shows because they've been on zero calories for the last, or sorry, zero carbs for the last eight weeks, and, and white fish and, and asparagus, and they don't look healthy, and their hair is thin and brittle. Yeah, it's just, um, there's a, people just don't realize, like, there's a, there's a balance, you know. Yeah, and I guess that kind of leads me into something I personally got to experience. Uh, with that being said, like, being your calories are pretty low eight weeks out, like you're saying, you're, you're, people are eating white fish and no carbs and stuff like that. Um, you think that people rely too much on other performance-enhancing things in the sport of bodybuilding to get them where they need to be. Yeah, I do. It's kind of, you know, and it, but I also can stem from, like, where they're getting their information from, you know, if their coach is that way or, or if their friends, you know, said, you know, just let the drugs do the job and just diet, starve yourself and let the drugs do the job. That's uh, not optimal, you know, again. So, I mean, yeah, I, I see that you know, people use more than they need to use, and their nutrition's off, you know, and uh, just to give you, like, an example, I mean, I've had one bikini client, she's top five placer, um, she's young, and she actually, if she continued, she probably could be a class winner regionally, and pretty shortly, uh, ectomorphic, 5'9", about 140 pounds-ish, oh, wow. and um, three weeks after the show, she's eating... 4,100 calories, 220 grams of protein, 552 grams of carbs, 112 grams of fat. You know, that's kind of insane if you really think about it, but that's what her body needed to make her look right for the vision. You know, and I'm, so like, people always assume like, oh, they have to take her calories, carbs out and stuff. I've had another physique guy competing around the 180 pounds never got below 340 grams of carbs he was at 1200 gram carb refeeds each week you know but his he was ectomorphic he needed those carbs to look right fill out you know i'm i tailor my diet the diet to the person you know and to their biochemistry as much as i can and and to give them their optimal look some guys yeah are going to be on very extreme low carbs some guys are going to have what people would say is a lot of carbohydrates, you know. It's all just based around your own, like you said, your biochemistry, your own body type. Yeah, based like off how the body responds to the plan and those check-ins and those pictures and adjusting the plan, you know, as need be to, 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 to match. The biggest thing that I've probably learned in this past year with, with competitors or just weight loss clients in general is when maybe a plateau starts to arise or or progress starts to come to a halt a little bit is to not immediately think that you need to reduce carbohydrates but 
you might need to increase carbohydrates or you need to increase protein or fats or something like that um, and find that sweet spot on the bat that you're talking about and that has pretty much been like the biggest thing I've I've opened my eyes to and not just immediately think okay I gotta pull back carbs a lot because I gotta hit this deadline or or I'm just not losing weight or whatever I think that <clears throat> finding the sweet spot and, and adjusting to what your body actually needs in, instead of looking at you know your buddy and saying oh well it's working for him so I'm gonna do that and it's gonna work for me you know what I mean yeah the cookie cutter way yeah. you know the cookie cutter way is it works for a few people and you know but it's not gonna it's not gonna bring success to everybody by any means yeah and, and um, depends on the individual right like you might have somebody that's ectomorphic that's just not getting enough fuel you know, and you, you put more calories in, and they, they train harder, and they get more of a response out of their training, and their body, you know, fills up and looks better, and just, it just, they just go, you know. Um, you know, this is, I'm still learning a lot, you know, I have a lot to learn, and I'm learning more and more each year as I work with more people, and so, like, it's all, like, this big kind of gray area, and as you get more experience, you kind of, be able to recognize things with people and, and make those adjustments, you know. And, and with more experience, you you also the initial plan is is more spot on each time. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt, I appreciate all the information you provided today for not just the people listening, but for me also. Um, I hope to do this again. Everybody, I will have Matt's social media posted up. You can check him out on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or you can contact him probably through Patriot Supplements on the north side of, of south, Spokane. South, oh, south side of Spokane. Hill. South oh, Hill. South Hill, Spokane, Washington. So, anyways, uh, very thankful for everybody who's listening today. This is uh, the first podcast for, for AP Performance. Um, and I hope to have a lot more individuals like Matt that are very knowledgeable and can help out not just uh, new new people into fitness and, and, and nutrition and stuff like that, but also knowledgeable and competitors who have been in the sport for, for a while now. So anyways, guys, much love. Peace.